to The London Architect, everyone. This is, we think, our fifth or sixth episode, but I'll have to double check that afterwards. Today we have Phil Pittman with us from Herbert Stump. That's your company, Phil. Mm -hmm. How are you today? I'm well, I'm well. Thank you so much for joining us. So could you tell me a little bit about Herbert Stump and, and how long you've been running it? Um, well, it came about um, probably on my first, on one of the first jobs that I went, uh, when I went out on my own in about 2001, 2002. And we had this huge job, which was uh, a land, uh, a filling, an earth filling exercise, and it was down in Chirk Farm. Um, and there was a, it was a, it was an old quarry, mm-hmm. and it was about a mile and a half long and about half a mile wide. And it was just a hole in the ground that was about four meters deep. And we had to fill it with, fill it with clay. Okay. And then we were going to build 1,500 houses on top of it. Yeah. Um, on my first day there, um, there was somebody had already started doing some work, and there was a, um, there was a JCB, um, stuck in the mud, and all you could see was the top of the cab of this JCB. And on the name, on the top of the, on the top of this, uh, cab was the name Herman Stump. Um, and Herman? It was Herman Stump. It wasn't Herbert Stump. Okay. And me and the geotechnical guy that I was working with um, said, that's not a name or a vision you're going to forget in a hurry. So that's when Herbert Stump came about. So I thought, right, I'm going to call the company Herbert Stump. Where did um, you get Herbert from? You just um, like I just thought. Um, actually, my granddad had a friend called Herbert. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I thought, and, uh, okay, Herbert Stump it is. Yeah, uh, and that's and that And that's how it came about. It's a very British name. It's different, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's memorable. <laughs> yeah. So we might as well let people know that you are a structural engineer forgot to mention yeah, that. I do, I do civil structures, um, party walls. I, I do all sorts of things. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a charter building engineer. I'm not a member of the um, there are various institutions you can belong to. Okay. Um, but I, do, I tend to do all sorts. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. can we rewind a little bit sure. just to start with what inspired you to go into structural engineering and everything you know, else? Um, I suppose if we go right back to the beginning, yeah. um, I was um, I, I, I was sent down this academic path of at A levels doing um, physics and maths and uh, science, and it was something I hated. I always wanted to do building. Okay. Um, and in the summer, I got a job uh, working for a firm of surveyors. Yeah. And they were land surveys, and uh, this was in my sort of um, after I'd done my first year of A levels, and I thought, right, I'm, I'm going to stick with this job. I'm not going back. Yeah. So I stuck with doing surveys, and I did that for about four or five years. Um, and then I thought, um, I want to go a little bit further than this. So I went and did ONC, HNC in building and, um, and civils. Mm-hmm. Um, and then went and worked freelance for all sorts of different consultants. Okay. Um, nice. I mean, the, it, my background is pretty much civils. Uh, so it's roads, drainage, external works, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, I suppose coming forward, um, because when I, went, when I went out on my own, um, most of the jobs what I was getting required me to do structural engineering as well mm-hmm. and party walls. So that was something else that I just sort of added went off on. and studied and, and added on. Yeah. So did yeah. you study that at university or is I, it, was, it was all, yeah I did I did it uh, at HNC level. Um, What's so that? that that's Sorry. a higher national certificate. Oh right. Um, and that was back in oh that was in the uh, late eighties early nineties. Okay. That was a day release thing. So you, you have you have your day job yeah. doing your design and everything else and working out on site. Uh, and then one day a week you do, um, it starts off with the ONC, which is the Ordinary National Certificate. Uh-huh. Um, and then you, uh, I did the, that. Uh, and then I did a Higher National Certificate. Uh-huh. Um, and then went off and carried on carried on working. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. So yeah. after that, you, who did you start working for? Um, I, I, I actually worked, worked freelance. Mm-hmm. Um, I was working for an agency called Manpower at the time. Um, and they used to send me out on different uh, different consultants. Um, and my, my first, my first sort of proper design role was with um, Horsham Council, 
uh, and they had this big civil engineering department and they were doing roads and drainage schemes and, uh, and all sorts of things and thought, I like this. Um, so I stayed there for about six months and then I went to the Environment Agency and I was doing rivers and um, dams and weirs and all sorts of things up there and, 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 and banks and, um, and sort of uh, river, river embankments and things like that. Okay. Um, and then it was just um, six months, what, 12-month contracts here and there and mm-hmm. with, with different consultants, people like Arup and Travis Morgan, which then became Capita, um, Whitby Bird, which is now, that's an American company, I can't think what it is. Um, okay. A lot, a lot of some of the big ones and some pretty obscure small ones as well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it's, nice. It's been a bit of a, a variety, yeah. Yeah, good balance. Mm. Have you yeah. always worked in the UK? I have, yeah. Okay. Any yeah. dreams to go abroad or um, is this where it's at? Uh, I, I, I like working here. It's, it's what I know. Um, yeah. I mean, uh, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, maybe I'd have, uh, I'd have jumped at working, working somewhere else. Yeah. Um, but I was, um, but I had a young family then. Okay. So I didn't really want to leave, and now I can. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I quite like. I quite like the the clients that I've got and the workload that I've got. And yeah, you've built yeah. a sort of reputation yeah. for yourself. Yeah, and I've got I've got regular clients. Um, so I've got. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's. I've got I've got a core of of people that that, that give me work, and um, if 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 I, if I get extra work in, great. But um, yeah. I'm quite happy with how things are. That's yeah. a good setup. Yeah. So, could you walk us through a day in the life of Mr. Pittman? <laughs> um, I get up, make a cup of tea, go nice. sit in the office for ten hours. Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, no, it's uh, it, it's it's a bit more to it than that. I mean, if if you take a typical typical project, uh, yeah. one that comes in. I'll go and meet, I'll go I'll, I'll go and meet the client, um, discuss what the, what the brief is, because um, I do a huge range of things. I mean, they're, they're little. I do things from sort of like little extensions mm-hmm. all the way through to um, industrial estates. So you've got the big industrial sheds. Um, so I mean, a, a typical a typical day would be sitting down, um, looking at what the what the program for the week is, mm-hmm. um, working out whether I'm doing a foundation design, um, working out whether I'm doing superstructure design, drainage. Um, it really they're, they're, no two jobs are different. You get the same sort of things mm-hmm. um, in every job, but they're not. It's, it's not never the same. identical. It's never identical. No. And what is no. the like lifespan of a project? Say if you're doing like a small extension. Yeah. What your aspect, your part of it, okay. your remit. Yeah. What's the well? If if I if I go and see a, go and see a potential client, and it's just a little, <laughs> excuse me, um, say a single story extension. Yeah. Um, I'll go and I'll, and, I'll, and I'll have a measure up. Um, I'll go back if it needs planning. I'll do the planning drawings, um, and then from the planning drawings, I'll do all the working drawings so that they can go ahead and build it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't actually physically take a huge amount to do uh, of time to do. I mean, to do the to do the measured survey and to draw it all up, um, you're probably looking at about a day. Um, and then if it needs to go in for planning, there's probably another half a day to um, to get all that together and then you put it in for planning. And then you sit around waiting for about 10 weeks while the planners decide <laughs> what colour an orange is. Or, oh, God. It's, um, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bureaucracy thing. Okay. Um, so it goes in for planning. Um, you get your planning permission, or fingers crossed. Um, and then um, I'll do the, do the working drawings. And, and again, that's probably about a day, day and a half's work. It really depends on... Um, how big the job is, but for something that likes a, that's like a, a single story extension, then that's how long it'll take. Okay. And um, what is your like salary? How is it measured? Is um, it in the amount of time that you've spent on? Yeah. Well, I, I do all my work, most of my work on a fixed on a fixed fee. So I know how roughly how long something's going to take me, how many hours something's going to take me to yeah. to do. So let's say I've got um, nineteen houses and a block of flats. Yeah. Um, I mean that take that might take me um, three months. It might take me two months. It really depends on how how complex it is. So I'll, I'll I'll sit down and I'll work out how many hours that I need to do it, and then I've got to 
put my overheads on. So I've got things like professional indemnity insurance and the, and the usual sort of heating, lighting rates and that, that mm. sort of stuff. Okay. Um, and then just tot it all up and put a little bit of profit on there and uh, that's that's the fee. Okay, I yeah. see. What yeah. would you say is like the the largest project you've ever worked on? That, I would say that was the um, job down in Leon Solent, which was one of my first ever projects. Where um, is this, sorry? Th- this was down in Leon Solent, um, a place called Chirk Farm, which is near Portsmouth. Okay. Um, it was an old RMC quarry site, uh, and my role down there was to um, look after the engineering uh, mm-hmm. on, uh, of all the fill because it was a it was a site. It was it was a mile and a half long, mm-hmm. half a mile wide, big big deep hole in the ground, uh, and we had to um, first of all we had to put a layer of stone down mm-hmm. um, because it was classed as contaminated, even though there was nothing there. Why? Um, Why is it classed as uh, because because it because it's being filled. Um, the environment agency said it could be that you could we could have some contaminants in there, so they made us put this um, it was a granular venting blanket in. Mm-hmm. Then we had to contain the site with this big um, plastic sheet, um, uh, and then fill it up layer by layer. I mean, there's a 300 mil layers of, of clay that was coming in from also all over the south coast okay. um, just to fill it, fill this hole. And we had to um, and we had to make sure that every layer was compacted by the right amount. So we had all this earthworks plant sort of flying about here, there and everywhere. We had a laboratory on site taking samples and making sure it was all compacted and um, what the um, what the chemical uh, analysis of it was so that, it, so that we got the right stuff that didn't affect the concrete. Mm. And that, that that was the biggest job. And, that, and that, that, took, that took about five years. And I had about four or five guys working for me on that job. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually we got it all up to... Um, the right level, and then the house builders came in and started building the houses. Okay, uh, and I was um, proud. I, 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 I was, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it was it was it was a big job, and it, and it was too big a job really for one. Um, but I did have a, a good team around me, and um, yeah. Did you have any like curveballs thrown at you during that? I mean, for such a huge project, you you wouldn't expect everything to run so smooth. You wouldn't, and um, surprisingly, it did. It was, it, it was. Congrats! Yeah, it was a really good, really good job. Actually, the, the one, the, one of the geotechnical guys that I had working with us, um, mm-hmm. he was, um, he was one of the senior geotech guys on the Sydney Opera House, um, and so he he came with a good background, and he came, uh, and he, it just so happened that I'd worked with that crowd before because when when I was working on one of the, um, one of my um, assignments uh, or one of my um, agency agency um, positions. Um, that the company that he worked for was part of the group that I was working with. Okay. Um, so it was. Um, so he's it was a good, good person to have. On it, your it, team. it was, yeah, yeah. But um, no, they, they, they were, they were. They, it was a good crowd, and surprisingly, for such a big job, I mean, it, I, I suspect that once the houses started getting built, that's when things sort of got a little bit more complicated because you weren't there then. I wasn't there then. No, I was, I was out of it by then. Okay. Yeah, so it's quite good. Yeah, that's great yeah. for you. Mm. So do you do most of your work just from your home office? I do. Yeah. And yeah. is that how you'd like to keep it? Um, I, I do miss having an office um, and I miss the interaction with people. I mean, it, it, it's, it's great working from home, don't get me wrong. Um, but there's there's always the temptation there to go and make another cup of tea and um, uh, have another biscuit. And um, it's very easy to, procra- to procrastinate and yeah, get sidetracked. You can even do that in an office as well. You can. But, um, but I remember when I had an office, um, I used to be able to walk to work. And I, and I love that because yeah. you get out of the house, you go, you go to work and work is work. Yeah. And then when you come home, home is home. So you leave your, you leave your work behind yeah. and you get the separation. Definitely. But I've been working from home for so long now that there's the, the separation, the distinction, the lines have got a little bit blurred. Um, is it hard to wind down 
Oh, absolutely, yeah. It, it, and but it depends on the jobs that I get because sometimes I'll get I'll get a job in and I'll get really stuck into it and I'll really enjoy doing it. Mm. And I can start at say seven o'clock seven o'clock in the morning and I can still be working at midnight. Um, but because I'm I'm enjoying what I'm doing and that's that's the other thing I, I enjoy what I do. Um, so that's 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 a big plus. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's almost like having a hobby and getting paid for it. Yeah, that's um, great. So yeah. it's not tainting your home environment. It's not, no, but I would like to, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm my own worst enemy. I think I'd like to learn to say no a bit more um, and just say, right, work finishes at six or five or whatever. Yeah. And then I shut the door and walk away from it. Do you have a dog or anything? Because I feel like that would help you, like, have um, set times you need to be out of the house. No, um, I've got two cats and they don't like walking. Oh. <laughs> Um, I, I, I would like a dog, um, and I've, I've had dogs, but um, I've had dogs in the past, but um, uh, I don't know, maybe. You, you seem know. like a dog kind of person, oh, I can I, imagine I, you I, having I, like a I, German Shepherd. I grew up with dogs, um, with oh, uh, Spaniels and Terriers and Retrievers and Labs and all sorts. I love I loved dogs, um, and yeah, I'd, lo- I'd love to have another one, uh, maybe. Never yeah. say never say no. Yeah, yeah. definitely. would get me out of the house. And the thing is, I, I live in a, in a house that's in the middle of a field. Um, and it's quite remote. Whereabouts um, is this? This is just outside Rygate, um, so near Gatwick. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I see all these people walking dogs because they, they, they walk up the drive, and the drive's about half a mile long, and then it goes to a manor house, and then it goes off in, into the fields, and they, and they walk up from the from the road, and you see all these people walking the dogs, and there's a little village down the road from me as well, and I'll get, I know all of them, so they come up and walk their dogs. And I'm, and I'm sitting there looking out the window thinking, I wish I could. I'd like to go out there. Sometimes. You're in the prime yeah. location. I am. Yeah, no dog, just me and a computer, and yeah, I've got the got the priorities wrong. Huh? <laughs> two cats and two cats. Yeah. yeah, you should walk. You should try walking <laughs> the cats. Yeah, you know, say I, they don't. There, there's, there's a pub that I can walk to twenty minutes away from me, and I walk to and um, and uh, it, I walk across the fields to it. Yeah, uh, and the cat has followed me. Oh, yeah. Maybe he just likes yeah. going to go to the pub as I well. Maybe he does. Yeah, maybe that's what he does when I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think our one does that to be yeah. honest. Okay, so let's get mm. back to the interview. Mm. Um, I wanted to ask how sort of these like sustainability initiatives that have come into play in the, past, the last like twenty years, mm. how have they affected your role? Do you think? Um, I think certainly because um, a lot of the stuff that I do is is related to surface water drainage, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's the, that's affected me the most because before it used to be we we design we'd have a, a housing estate to design and we'd design all the surface water drainage and we'd design for a storm, mm. um, and now uh, and and the, the storm would have a discharge point and you could discharge freely into say a public sewer. Mm-hmm. Now if you if you're taking um, a housing estate. You've got to work out what the um, what all the runoff is going to be, mm. um, and then you've got to decide whether it's going to go into the ground, um, or you've got to decide whether it's going to go into a watercourse or into a sewer. And then, depending upon how you what how you how you're going to dis- dispose of it, um, you've then got to design for um, the the, the um, climate change. So you've got a one in a hundred year storm, which is quite an intense storm event, mm-hmm. um, and then you've got to add another factor on top of that, which is normally about forty percent for climate change. And that increases the rainfall that you've got to consider in the, in the design. So you end up with, with potentially these huge underground storage tanks, which mm-hmm. then release water at a controlled rate. I mean, I, th- I think that's what's affected me the most. It doesn't hasn't really affected the structures des- structures design too much. Yeah. But certainly, on when I'm when I'm looking at doing houses and um, and sort of the smaller developments, and I'm doing the planning for it, mm. um, they are looking for, for more sustainability. So you're looking at things like green roofs. 
um, blue roofs, green walls. I did a, um, an industrial unit over in Beddington and that had a huge, great big green wall on it. So we put all these wires up and then there was a, there was a green roof on top and we had all this, all this, all the different planting on top of the roof. Oh, lovely. Um, so it, 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 it's, I, I like it, um, but it's got its place and, yeah. and it hasn't, it, it doesn't always fit well or it doesn't sit uh, well on, on housing developments. Mm. Um, yes, they're, they're, you should it should be sustainable with with housing developments but um you're limited on how much you can achieve and we're, we're looking to try to get to um carbon neutral and, mm. and it is quite difficult it's quite difficult to achieve um, and, and the building regulations have have changed uh certainly over the last 12 months 13 months with part l which is the insulation requirements and and heat losses and heat gains um, and that has has bumped up things so it makes houses more thermally efficient does it make your job more like lengthy um no it's not really no because we've um if you look at uh, let's say we're looking at uh, part l on the house um all it's doing is is it's increased the cavity width so you've got more insulation to put in the cavity Mm -hmm. it's made the floor zones a little bit thicker because you've got to put more insulation in the floors yeah um so it hasn't hasn't really made it made it longer it's made the um the hoops that you've got to, it's increased the number of hoops that you've got to jump through in order to demonstrate compliance with the new regulations. But as far as the overall design goes, we know that um, we've got a 150 mil cavity, we'll put 100, 100 mil of insulation in it or whatever. Um, and we know that if, we, if we've got solar blocks on the inside and the outside, we know it's going to meet the required um, U value or the thermal, thermal transmission rate. Okay. And with this kind of new, I don't know if you call that technology, mm-hmm. how do you stay updated on this kind of thing? If you're not constantly going back to sort of study, yeah. uh, is this just trends, it's, industry trends? That... There, there are industry trends, but as, uh, as part of the organisations that I belong to, we're required to um, um, uh, undertake a certain number of CPD hours, which is continuing professional development. Yeah. Okay. So you've got to take time out. I'm, uh, I mean, for the charter, the um, Charter the Association of Building Engineers, which I'm a member of, um, I've got to do, I think it's 35 hours a year of right. um, study mm-hmm. just to keep on top of everything. And I'm also a member of the Faculty of Party Wall Surveyors, so that's another thing, uh, and the Chartered Institution of Highways and Transportation, so there's another thing. So oh. I've, I've got a huge amount of, um, of I, I've, I've, got to keep, I've got to keep on top of things. But, I thought, but fortunately, it's because with the different jobs you get, mm. um, you, you do get snippets of, of something and then um, of saying a bit of new technology mm. and um, it, t- it sends you down this avenue where you can actually go and learn a bit about it and then all of a sudden you've you've sat down and you've and you've read about it for two hours and you've gained a little bit of knowledge and that's a, a tick box in the um on the on the CPD so it's a so it's not like an, an irritating thing that you've got to do. It's to... not, no, no, and I, and I think it's a good thing um, mm. because you, you've got to keep on top of things because otherwise I'd still be designing to things that I was I learnt when I was at college and things have moved on since then. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I, I wrote a book in two thousand and one on on engineering, and I've been recently been asked to um, renew it. Mm-hmm. And I looked at what I've read, and there's so much in there is out of date, um, just because legislation's changed, yeah. regulations have changed, um, things have moved on. Wow, that's cool yeah. that you wrote a book. What's it called? Um, External Works, Roads and Drainage <laughs> by Phil Pittman. <laughs> there we go. Everyone purchase it in the link down below. <laughs> Where, how can yeah. you buy this book? Um, oh, it, it's it's been. I think it's out of print now, but you can get it on. Uh, you can get it on Amazon, but you, okay. you end up paying silly prices for it. Um, I mean, when I, when I when I wrote it, um, I mean, it was, it's twenty three years ago now that I started it, mm. and I think it was published in. I think it was eventually published in two thousand two, um, and you could pick it up for about. I think it was fourteen ninety nine then, 
Um, but depending where you go, I've looked on websites and um, it's, some some prices are, they're asking two hundred quid. Wow! <laughs> I don't see any of it. Yeah. Really? Oh no, no! It went out of print, and when it went out of print, my royalties stopped. Um, but I, I, I didn't do it to make money. I, I did it as a. Um, I thought I might to do this. Um, some, somebody suggested it. I thought, yeah, yeah, it's a I'll great. Give it, I'll give it a go. Uh, yeah. How much is it for a signed copy? Oh, free. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you think you'll be making a new book anytime soon? Like, would you go uh, back and at any point? I, I, I have been asked, uh, and it's um, and it's something that's uh, that I'm looking at at the moment. Um, but it's trying. It's trying to. When I, when I did it, I, did, I had a lot of extra. I had a lot of free time on my hands, mm. and I had uh, a, a bit of a different work-life balance. Now I've got. Uh, I've got a lot of work, and to, I, I, I need to take sort of a day out a week, or uh, certainly a, a good few hours out, out of my week yeah. to actually sit down and uh, and do it. But it's something I'd like to do. Yeah, it's mm. a very cool achievement because mm. it's sort of like physical. You know, it's like something that you can keep forever. Mm. What so? What do you think the like construction, planning, design industry landscape landscape is going to look like in the next sort of five or ten years? Have you got any predictions? Mm. Oh, that's an interesting one. Um, I, to be honest, I haven't really looked that far ahead. <laughs> um, but I, I'm so I'm so busy in working in the now mm. um, that um, I tend to I tend to look at the technology that's that's coming out and that's in the magazines, and rather than um, looking at what's going ahead, but there's. There's certainly a, um, a big transition over to sort of a, um, a greener, greener construction, carbon neutral construction, mm. um, and I th- and I do think that's a great thing, but it does add a huge amount of costs. Um, and I think the regulations that are in force are only just going to—they're only going to get stricter mm. because we, we've got climate change targets to meet. Um, whether we'll meet them or not, I don't know, and I, I don't know whether the construction industry is um, is, is going to help. Do you think that the like restrictions that are in place and the regulations are fair in your opinion? Do you agree with them? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I think they're there, and, and they and they set a standard of, of of building and design. I mean, it's not just in it's not just in house building and industrial units and things like that, but it's also in roads and and infrastructure. So the 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 standards are there, so that you you've actually got a standard to build to. And I think and I, th- I think it's the right, I think it's the right thing, and I think it's come a long way. Um, and I think historically we've got away with a lot of things that we shouldn't have done. The construction yeah. industry has been pretty, pretty poor. It's, it's had a pretty poor reputation, um, and I think it's heading in the right direction. What yeah. kind of like instances are where I mean I I don't really know mm. like where construction has just been kind of ignorant to um, carbon emissions and sustainability in the past? I, I, think. Th- I think I think there's been a general reluctance. Um, to embrace change, yeah. um, we've always done it this way, so therefore we're going to carry on doing it this way. And there comes a point where um, the younger generation are, are, um, are, are taking it forward, um, and, and 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 it does take time. Um, and I think that I think it needs the younger people to to come in and say, "Look, come on, we need to do this." All right, you've always done it that way, but we don't think that's the right way of doing it. Now we we need we need to. We need to we need to move on. We need to be be more sustainable. We need to not bring things in from Holland. We need to build them um, in the factory just down the road, yeah. And then and then bring it over this way. Um, or we do things like um, off-site manufacturing, where everything gets um, built in a factory in a mm. controlled environment, um, where you where actually where you're actually monitoring where things are coming from, mm-hmm. um, and then you bring it to site, um, and then you put it all together rather than. Um, having con- having a load of concrete delivered, where that's um, you've got the huge carbon footprint from mm. concrete production. Then you've got to bring it into site, and you might have 15, 20, 20 yeah. deliveries. 
Um, and it's and it and it adds not just to um, the carbon footprint. Well, it it adds to the the traffic, the congestion. Yeah. Um, and we've got to do transport uh, construction, transport plans. So we've got to schedule all the, all the deliveries for certain times. And sometimes it's it makes things it makes things difficult. Mm. But, I'm, but going back to what you said originally, historically, um, historically, but um, there's been there's been no health and safety. Mm. There's, there's not been any real nod to environment mm. or sustainability. It's just we're going to build this, we're going to get it done, and and whatever the cost. And what is yeah. the sort of like lifespan, predicted lifespan of a building from a civil engineer's point of view? Has that changed in itself? Has that expectation changed? You know, like we want this structure to be around. Okay, we don't want it to just be around for like hundred years. We want this mm. to be around for like two hundred years. Has that gone up? Um, no, it hasn't. Surprisingly, um, houses we tend to design to say we we, we recommend that we reckon that they're going to have a hundred year lifespan. Yeah. Um, and this is it's the same with, same with most buildings. Um, it's all they all have a sort of that sort of target. Um, and then you take roads. Roads might have a, a forty year or a sixty year lifespan, depending upon what the usage is. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that hasn't re- that hasn't really changed. Um, is it because it's not possible with the materials that are available? Um, oh, it's, it's definitely definitely achievable. Um, and I think I, I think the, the way things are constructed now makes it. But it, it's not designed to last longer than a hundred years, mm. but it does by default. But mm. we're, um, I mean, the houses that are building now, um, who knows? Um, they, they, they might be here in a hundred years. Um, fingers crossed. Yeah, fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If they haven't been flooded away. Yeah. Is it? Would you say it's like a lot more challenging working in an area where that's more low lying? I know you were talking about like the runoff, mm-hmm. and like, is that? You know, does that add a lot more work for you if you're working somewhere that's... It, it does in some respects. Um, you get uh, what's known, you get different flood zones. So mm. you get flood zone one where you can build pretty much anything. Then you get flood zone two, which is um, which you, you've got to be a little bit more careful about. And then you get what's known as um, flood zone three, which is um, 3A and 3B. And the 3B is the functional floodplain. Mm-hmm. So when a river floods, um, it, the, the water will, will go somewhere. And generally speaking, you can't build in there. Mm-hmm. Or if you do, what you've got to do is you've then got to provide what's known as compensatory storage so mm. if you if you if you build a house with a footprint of say 10 meters by 10 meters mm. and the flood depth is um and it's in a, in a, in a floodplain uh, and the flood depth is say half a meter so you've they've got 10 by 10 mm-hmm. which is 100 times by 0.5 so it's 50 cubic meters and you've got to provide that 50 cubic meters of storage that you've lost somewhere else okay. so that because that because that 50 cubic meters that you've lost is going to be dis, is, is going to be volume of water that's going to be displaced Right. So oh, you've, got, you've, you've got you've got to put it somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and that's what's meant by compensatory storage. Um, right. And it tends to be why people don't build in the functional floodplain. Okay. Um, but yes, it, um, it is it is certainly something that um, creates a little bit of extra work, um, only because you've got to look at where where the flow goes. You've got to look at overland flows. You've got to look flood flow routing. Um, how it affects properties downstream, um, how the how the whole catchment works as a as a as a whole thing. Mm. So you've got flow. You you so you've got properties and fields and whatever upstream, mm. and that contributes to the catchment. And you've got to look at how long it's going to take to get from point A to point B. Mm. Um, how long how long the storms likely going likely to be, mm. uh, and and you then end up with a whole load of. Um, Complicated arithmetical gymnastics, which thankfully is all done now by software. We don't have to do it by hand anymore. That's good. Um, and it, and it predicts what the what the runoff model is going to be, and then it, and it tell and you can work out what sort of volume of storage and where it needs to be, and 
and what sort of what sort of form it needs to take. I mean, you were mm. saying that when you were in school, you really wanted to move away from the scientists and stuff. It sounds pretty mm. scientific to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, when I was at school and when I was younger, I didn't really understand what I was learning it for. Yeah. And now I'm I'm, I'm actually applying. It, it's it's a practical application, mm. which 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 I get. Whereas sitting in a classroom and just learning maths and algebra, I think I'm never going to use this. Mm. But actually. It's not memorable. It's, it's not. No, it. no. It didn't have any. It didn't have any practical application. Yeah. Um, but now, now it does. Yeah. yeah. Great. Mm. So, do you have children? I do. And are they doing anything related to civil engineering? Abs- or they... Absolutely nothing. No. no. <laughs> My, Why is that? You scare them off. <laughs> Um, I don't think they just they, they didn't really have any interest in it. Okay. Um, my my eldest he's um, he he works in a in a in a lab. He's a, a lab technician. My uh, middle girl, my middle one, um, mm-hmm. she's uh, she does archery and that's her hobby. And she gets and she does does a lot of that. She gets paid for it. That's such a cool yeah. hobby. It is. I, yeah. I literally hadn't heard of that as yeah. a hobby before. Yeah. Where does she do that? Um, she does it all over the world. Um, I can't. I can't claim any credit other than, she, other than she's my daughter. Okay. Um, it's a, her stepdad's uh, got her into it, and um, he's, he's he's done fantastic things. And I can't speak. I can't say anything anything against him. Um, oh, cool. But no, she's uh, she she's she's done well with that. Um, and uh, my youngest, he's at he's at uni doing business studies. So no, none of my kids are. Have got into construction or shown any interest in it, apart from when I've said, "Oh, can you help me and I'll pay you." Um, <laughs> and that's and that's the that's the only time. Yeah, yeah, Makes U- sense. usual sort of story. Yeah. yeah. So, other than work, I mean, what what interests do you have in life? Music, musical interest. Tell us a bit about yeah. yourself. Okay. Um. I yeah. I I, I do like music. Um, rock's my bag, my jam. Okay, um, yeah. I, uh, I've I've always been into rock. I used to play the drums in loads of different bands. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't played for a long time. Um, Jiu-jitsu is another thing that I, I enjoy doing, but I had a few injuries last year, so I had to stop for a little while. Hopefully going to get back into it in around about sort of February, March sometime. Okay. Um, so yeah. have you got a pretty good work-life balance? I mean, you say that you can't, it's the lines are blurred at home, but... The, they are, um, but yeah, I, I have, yeah. Um, I, I work to suit myself, and, um, uh, and I do set myself some silly deadlines sometimes, but it's sometimes... I'll, I'll get to a point where I think, well, no, I've had enough, and I'm going to take a few days off. And mm. um, but no, generally the work-life balance is okay. I can I can I can work as much or as little as I want. Um, it's on my pick and choose. Yeah. Um, but uh, no, when I, when I when I start getting into sort of outside activities, um, it'll 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 be an even better balance. What, in yeah. the in the summer. You mean? In the in the summer, yeah. So I can I can, I can go out and do cycling and. Um, because this this last year has been particularly a particularly busy one for me. So, yeah. um, and and the other thing about working from home is that um, it's a very sedentary lifestyle, um, and it's only when I go out on site that I actually sort of get out and go and, uh, and get a few steps in, um, and I've got to physically sort of get off my chair and and go and do things. And uh, I'm look, I'm looking forward back to. How often uh, is that that you go to site? Um, uh, maybe two or three times a week. No, it, 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 no it, it's not too bad. No, it, it depends. It depends on the needs of the jobs, really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there'll, there'll be periods when I'm when I'm just sitting at home working and just head down and and doing design, doing CAD work, mm. doing calculations, um, and doing that sort of stuff. Um, and then that'll all be finished, and I'll need to go to site, do some measurements, or see how things are uh, being built, or see what needs to be done. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, so it's um, yeah, I'd say two or three times a week. I'll, okay, I'll go out on average. And just finally, I wanted to ask, what tips would you give to 
young professionals or university graduates or even before that, you know, secondary school students who are looking to mm. go into civil engineering or structural engineering, something related to that, if you could give maybe a few mm. pieces of advice. I, I, th- I think it's a great in, great industry to to join. Um, yeah. And I, th- I think it's something that should be, it, it shouldn't be seen as a, historically it's been seen as a blokey environment. And I mm. think it, it should be, it's, it's open to everyone. Um, and I've worked with some great um, women engineers mm. um, and some great um just some great engineers. Yeah. Um, and it's, yes, it's a science technical um, subject. Um, just what would, what would I say? What would tips would I give? What say? would you say yeah, to your younger on. self? Um, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, don't do it. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'd, I'd, I'd say um, I, I wish I'd gone to, I'd, I'd carried on and, and with the surveying and then gone to uni mm. rather than done the H&C, H&D. H&C, H&D was a great route because mm. you've got, um, you're doing you're um, you're learning at uni and 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 then you're you're applying it during the yeah. week. Um, and I think the vocational qualifications have got a huge amount going for them. Mm. Um, and um, I, I think I could have done better if I if I'd been a little bit more even better. If... Yeah. Okay. Mm. Great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Phil. It's been a great you're chat. Welcome. And I feel like I know a lot more about civil engineering now than structural (laughs) engineering because I didn't really know anything before. So, yeah, and I hope all of our listeners enjoyed this episode. If you've got any feedback, you can leave that in the comment section on YouTube. Um, And we will see you next time on The London Architect. Thank you.